Let's go! The 4 o'clock football frenzy. Hey, why you hit me so hard down there? Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. All right, here we go, 4 o'clock hour, Adam Hill, Willie Ramirez, Cofield, and Ari's in our Finley Toyota Studios. Football frenzy time. We got Adam Hill in for a couple of days this week because everything slows down now that the Super Bowl is over, football's done. Uh, no, not really. Uh, foot, the NFL is brilliant with stretching its offseason out to where uh, there might be, what, four weeks the <laughs> entire year, maybe five, where you're like, oh, no NFL. Um, coming up, We've got the combine at the end of the week. Obviously, the draft is coming up at the end of April, so the draft's going to be like two months long of talk there. Uh, today is also tag day, but it's tag day, you know, until a couple of weeks from now. So there's lots to talk about here. And, you know, one of the, the hot topics on these, not only the tags, but also the fifth-year uh, part of the deal, right, Adam, for rookies, this is – it's a challenge for some teams, and it's certainly a challenge at quarterback because it – it hasn't always been a guarantee. I think since the, the fifth-year option came into effect, there's been 25 total decisions that need to be made. And uh, Yay was 15. Passing on the fifth-year option was 10. And we've got a bunch of guys, including Daniel Jones, which I have no idea. Well, I do have an idea. I'm not picking up his freaking option. But are you guys different on this one? Do you try to? Are you going to try to lock him in, or you just say, you know what, let's roll the dice. If he's awesome, then we're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, there's no way I'm picking up the option. And for those that, you know, I, I think most people that follow the NFL uh, get it, but you have to make this decision a year in advance. So if you draft a quarterback in the first round, or if you draft any player in the first round, but if you draft a quarterback in the first round, that's why you know a couple of years ago there was all that you know the buzz that the uh, you know I think it was Ravens traded in the first round to get Lamar Jackson with the last pick of the first round. There's a difference between the first round and the second round in that regard because you get that fifth year option. Uh, you can you can exercise that option after three seasons. So you have to project a year ahead, but you get to decide whether you want to uh, have that guy around for a fifth year, which is at a pretty decent price for a quarterback. It's a pretty expensive price for a lot of other positions um, and lock him in or let him hit free agency after four years. Uh, so anybody that was picked in 2019, they got to make that decision. Now the Raiders have three players to make the decision on uh, this year. But in terms of Daniel Jones, Zero chance I'm making that. I'm, there's no way I'm picking up that option, and I don't think Willie would either. No. <laughs> a few years ago, actually, I think it was the second or third year. Like I was, I was still a little bought in. I wanted to see, but there's just no. He's got it. It's not going to happen. I'm not picking up that option on him. I don't think that he has. I don't think that he can carry that franchise. He's going to need a lot more time. He needs to go behind somebody. He needs to learn. And this is just not a project that worked well. I say he's got a chance at being a top 15 guy in the league going into next year. With the Giants? Yes. But, I mean, the question is if there's a chance at that. I mean, we haven't seen anything that would indicate that it could happen. But if there's a chance right. at it, if that's your your take on him, if you're like, right. I think there's a chance he gets into the top 15, is that enough to warrant picking up the option? I would say no. No. I didn't say I'm picking up the okay. option. I'm saying okay. there's going to be a little bit of a risk here that he may play well enough. We're going to have to pay him, but guess what? I mean, why would that anyway. be a bad thing? Yeah, why you... would that be a bad thing? You took him with a top 10 pick, so 
he'll be worth if he's if he's close to an upper half of the league quarterback and can stay healthy and doesn't fumble 500 times and doesn't turn the ball over. And isn't that the whole point of this new regime? You brought in an offensive guy who you know has some quarterback whisper in his background. Maybe he's a big part of the reason that Josh Allen is good. I think Daniel Jones certainly has a lot of the the materials to be a good quarterback. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's actually been kind of amazing. Did you guys look at this list of guys who were turned down? I mean, you, you forget how many quarterbacks are taken in the first round who just turn out to be just complete <laughs> non-entities in the NFL or just career backups. Uh, five of the guys who've been declined since this went into place, and there was 10 who had their fifth-year option declined, the names are Blaine Gabbert, Brandon Whedon, Johnny Manziel, Paxton Lynch, and Josh Rosen, they'd already been traded or released by the time their decision was due, which obviously doesn't apply to Jones. But that's how inexact drafting quarterbacks in the first round has been. Yeah, and and by the way, just on uh, to that point, and it's when you do pick up an option on a quarterback, it doesn't mean that they're going to play on it because for the most part, if a guy plays to that level that you're suggesting, you're going to sign an extension anyway. So it would be even more incentive to not pick up the option because you're going you're probably going to have to pay him. Anyway, if he reaches that level, like we see it happens in most cases. Now, you know, I, I know right now you've got guys like Lamar and Baker Mayfield uh, who are going to go, you know, on that fifth year and not, without having extension yet, but I think they will very soon. Uh, but, yeah, you're going to have to pay the guy anyway if he plays to that level. So uh, in this case, like, if a guy is playing unbelievably well, like, yeah, you'd, you'd like to have that option and, and have him play on that and then extend him afterwards. But for the most part, it doesn't happen. You extend those guys and pay him a lot of money. All right, Willie, what's going on with Josh Allen? As so many quarterbacks are you know, looking, they want more weapons. So what's happened with uh, Josh Allen? By the way, I still don't really know his – is it his fiance or his girlfriend or his wife? I still don't know her name for some reason, but I know the names of uh, other famous quarterbacks out there. But anyway, uh, Josh Allen apparently on vacation, still working the, uh, the promotional wire to uh, try to draw some more talent to Buffalo. Yeah, it looks like he looks like he's on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, Bills fans kind of knows he was with a group on a group vacation. It includes Kyle Allen and wide receiver Christian Kirk with their significant others, and um, it was on Twitter via an Instagram story shared by Josh Allen's girlfriend Brittany Williams. Yeah, um, I was going to say you do know her name just because it's the same as the other guy's girlfriend's name. Yeah, true. Um, Kirk was college teammates with Kyle Allen at Texas A&M, so the vacation could be a vacation, but obviously there's a little bonding going on. Obviously there's a little schmoozing going on. Um, There's no cause for – because the tampering window doesn't open until uh, March 14th. So, Well, I mean, by the way, how could you get anyone on tampering? We can't go on vacation together? That's just it. Is you know these are groups of friends that are in Hawaii, right? I believe. And yeah. if, if by the way, if Derek Carr hasn't been, <laughs> you know, busted for tampering on Devontae Adams the last two years, right. then nobody is during the se- during what was it training camp or o- when was it OTAs or training camp when he brought him up said I'd yeah, love to play with several him times yeah. Yeah. Love to play with my former college teammates. Yeah, but again, that's the you know close friends who are college teammates. Like you can't you can't really legislate against guys having friends or guys having played with guys in college. Like it's 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 impossible. Yeah. So 
Buffalo. I assume, Adam, since uh, you don't like the Bills and you don't follow them, um, I assume would Christian Kirk be a big prize to go into the place of freedom fighting Cole Beasley? <laughs> he can fight for his freedoms elsewhere? I suggest that the Bills should get probably docked uh, two seasons in the NFL. They shouldn't get to play the next two years. Why is wow. this? For the tampering. Oh, for tampering. Yeah. Answer my question. Is this is this why they want Christian Kirk? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it would make some sense. I mean, Cole Beasley, in addition to being, you know, an obnoxious person and a terrible rapper, um, didn't have his best season. He's clearly lost a step. And Kirk is coming off of arguably his best, one of his best. He's coming off a, a, a good season, so it would he would fill the role, obviously. But again, never, you don't know what's what's taken place. But the schmooze is in. Schmooze. All right, I want to hear the schmooze on Kanye. Did you guys both no, fork out two hundred and thirty bucks to see whatever this Donda thing was? Absolutely not. Hear it? What do you mean? You you were, you were trying to get it into the show rundown last week? Oh no, I wanted the documentary. I wanted the documentary in there, and the fact that Kanye it... he's going direct to the customer, and that was a little bit delayed not, apparently. Not, but not he's really. going direct to the customer. Well, it's brilliant. he's going directly to trying to sell his own platform. Like you're you're. I was gonna say you're not Jay Z, but I guess I guess you are on some level. Like nobody's gonna nobody's gonna do this. Nobody's gonna buy it. And as expected, it wasn't ready when it was supposed to be ready. <laughs> I mean, listen. I first of all, I'm very upset at Netflix right now, uh, uh-huh. or at a st- certain streaming platform. Also, uh, haven't we all learned that we binge watch now? Like, that's what well, we do. What's the problem now. Well, the Kanye documentary, the first episode, is unbelievable. And then they they they, they make get, you wait? I get to the end, and I'm like, all right, part two, let's go. And it's like, we'll be available next week. Like, no! That's not how we do this anymore. This is so ridiculous. By the way, I think it's available tonight, which is great. So I'll probably watch it as soon as it's available. But we, this is not how we watch TV anymore. Stop this. I will. Uh, I like in. waiting. Oh, God. I will throw in that uh, I'm well into season three of Eastbound Down. <laughs> Good. Good, you're making progress. Three, it's great. Then you all right, what did to... you start this weekend? As we uh, bust your chops all the time, you, I know you were very busy trying to pick up uh, ladies at uh, Tom's Tom Zerman yesterday. My job. I, I didn't start anything. I've. I've uh... Oh God, I mean, this is never going to end. Oh, was I supposed to start one of those five awesome? Uh... I will get to you. For I don't know. Though, at least but... watch the stuff you send to us to watch. I did. I watched Tinder Swindler. That's the last thing oh, I sent to you. I also so mentioned I. Abbott Elementary in the last show, and you guys got on me for wanting to have fun and said all your shows are much more fun and younger and all that. So hey, you know what? What uh, do I know? Here's the thing, Adam, which I haven't gotten back into, and I'm a little ashamed about this because I'm the one that got you and somebody else that we know into this in the very first place, and I have to go back and rewatch some stuff. Uh, all American, I guess, started back up. Oh yeah. I'm I'm caught up. I'm all, I'm uh, all the way up. I, I, all I, I just have to rewatch some of the ones that I to, to regenerate. In. No, you're you're not. It don't say that. You're not in. <laughs> I'm on season. I'm caught up to what is it? Season four now. Oh, I yeah, haven't watched season up, four, right, but I'm caught yeah, up. You're... What are you watching on All American, Steve? I, I believe me. By Thursday, I'll be caught up and ready to go, and and then you'll you'll tell us why I didn't watch that. And texting me <laughs> at two a.m. Are you on Team Maddie though? That's the real. You will question, text me Steve. a reference that I will not understand at one thirty in the morning, and then when I ask, but, what is that? And by, and by the way, we joked, you know, about there's no off season in the NFL. Like this this week is kind of off season uh, before the combine next week. So you just mentioned Tinder Tinder Swindler got through it. Uh, 
I and, and last night I got through the first four of the new Love Is Blind too. I am I am crushing my TV watching right. right now. Progress for Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday, and Cofield and Company. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. To me, this is out in the open. He doesn't want to be there. I don't think they want him there. And so I do think there's a really good shot he ends up somewhere else. But I, I also believe that it's contingent on Seattle being comfortable with their next quarterback. You know, there's enough guys moving this year that I think Seattle could could end up being comfortable with who they end up with. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Tim Hasselbeck talking about Russell Wilson and his future. Interesting note right before weekend and then it kind of fizzled out over the weekend because uh, as it turns out probably not true but uh tweet was out there i've been told patrick mahomes had a sit down following the season with his brother and fiance ultimately concluded with him asking them not to attend any games this upcoming season i got so excited miles simmons uh but it looks like maybe this isn't true how about it's not true yet it's not true yet uh did you see this come across on friday and then a little bit of a buzz for the rest of the day I, I did see it come across. I don't know how much I believe it. I also don't think that, like, why would you have that conversation in February? You know, <laughs> the games aren't until September. It's seven months away. What do you mean don't come to games seven months from now? Who knows if they're even going to still be together seven months from now? I hope for everybody's sake that they exactly. are. But, you know, things exactly. things can certainly change from one day to the next. I don't know. I But I, I thought that that was kind of weird. Like, why, why are we insinuating this about Patrick Mahomes and his family? in february who cares well a couple of things adam you talked about the story last week when uh, mahomes and his fiance were at what a texas tech game and they mm-hmm. seem to uh, get into a little bit of a an argument and the other thing is maybe someone was pranking a bunch of media members and actually got one with this message yeah it, it sounds that way and and i'm i know uh miles may know a little bit more than i do about that but uh first of all in the video like who that's been in a long-term relationship hasn't had a moment where they were kind of annoyed with each other, like in public? It just so happens to get caught on on ESPN, and or I think it was ESPN, maybe Fox One, well, either way, caught on television on the cameras, and then it turns into a massive story, and Mahomes has to tweet about it. Uh, but yeah, the other thing, and I think this has happened with a couple of different stories recently, where people have been just kind of shopping around, you know, alleged inside information. And sending it to a bunch of different places. And by the way, we we have some experience with that here in, in Vegas with some coaching searches. Uh, they're just like, hey, I'm going to send this to a bunch of different people and see if anybody publishes it. And it turns out a couple of people have published it. And, uh, Miles, you've been in the business a while like I have. Like, these things happen a lot, right, where you just get you get like a, a scoop on something, but it not necessarily, you know, you can't validate it anywhere. And now with Twitter, people some, just put it out there sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why, you know, as we as big J's like to say, Adam, you know, like you, you got to get double confirmation. But like that, this is part of why so that you're not just going on like rumor and innuendo and putting stuff out there that, you know, depending on what it is and depending on who you are and the person that you're targeting, you could get sued for some of this stuff. All right, so that's part of why we do the double confirmation thing because if it's true, then that's one thing, and you know this goes into Supreme Court and.
law and la 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 and stuff that's really not that interesting for sports talk radio but the bottom line is unless you actually know stuff you're really not supposed to just put it out there publicly and report it you know because otherwise it can have really bad consequences for you well on a good note van jefferson's kid was born during the super bowl and he decided to name him champ i mean champ bailey was a pretty good football player so i don't have a problem with this I mean, it's cool, especially because he was a champion. And you know, I saw the little clip of him talking to Adam Schefter um, uh, in Adam Schefter's podcast. And he said, yeah, actually, like the kid was born when I was stuck in traffic on the highway trying to get from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood all the way up to Ventura County in Thousand Oaks. So like that kind of sucks, right? I mean, it's not like it's the first birth of a child, but it's still a child and he only has three of them. So like to miss that because you were playing in one of the biggest games of your life and doing something professionally. Like I, I understand that, you know, all's well that ends well, but like at the same time, I don't know. I feel like you might want to be there for the birth of your child. But again, he was on the field for, you know, a, a Super Bowl at the home stadium. And fortunately he was able to get there right after the game ended. But yeah, it was, that's certainly an interesting situation. You know, it's got a, it's a real dilemma. Like what happens? What do you do? You play in the Super Bowl if your wife might go into labor and like the answer apparently is yes. And he won. So I guess it's good. Well, Miles, you and I don't have any children, but I just you feel know? like no. oh, that's true. you could have one somewhere. Yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> I wasn't talking about me. I just, I feel like the spur of the moment, like we're going to name the kid champ because he was born during the Super Bowl and we won. I feel like we we need more evaluation and more thought process going into this. I I think so too. I mean, like you said, I don't have any kids, but like I have put some thought into what my children's name would be. And I would not go spur of the moment. Like, oh, I don't know. Like it. The the kid had to be born in the side of the road in a Lincoln, so let's name him Lincoln or something. I, I don't know like why that example came to mind, but like that's something that somebody might do, right? I don't want to do that. Gotta put a little more thought into this. I agree. So newsflash: the Las Vegas Raiders have hired an assistant, and guess what? He didn't come from the Patriots stable. Uh, Kennedy Palomalu, running back, running backs coach. With the Vikings, he held the same position with the Browns, the Jaguars, along with Pac-12s, USC, and UCLA. Good score for the Raiders? Sure, yeah. I, I think that one of the things that the Raiders have to be able to do is run the football well. I mean, you can say that about most any team, but I think especially, look, if Derek Carr is going to be there or not, the, the Raiders put so much on Derek Carr's shoulders last year. Um, in, in the few games that the running game was effective, you saw – how well that really helped them. So, you know, Josh Jacobs, we'll see what happens with his fifth-year option. If I'm the Raiders, I don't pick that thing up. I'm just saying, you know, let, let's play this thing out, and, you know, hopefully you'll you'll play better. Um, I can't see the Raiders really investing high picks into running backs much anymore based on the New England model that we've seen. Um, and, you know, that's where McDaniels, that's where Ziegler comes from. So if you get somebody who can coach up the guys that they already have, you know, obviously you've got Jacobs, you've got Drake. Um, those two guys are going to be really integral to making sure that the offense functions. And frankly, somebody like Drake who can who catches the ball so well out of the backfield, I, I, that that's a big, big, big part of the McDaniels offense. So I'm interested to see how that all is going to work out. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk, joining us here on Cofield and Company as it does each and every Tuesday. Uh, the Rams have a new offensive coordinator. Does it even matter? It does uh, for Liam Cohen. <laughs> <laughs>
that he's probably going to be a head coach in like two years, <laughs> if not sooner, right? Um, it's just the way these things happen, unless like Sean McVay decides that he doesn't want to coach, you know, the Rams much longer after this upcoming season. So, I mean, it, it does matter. I think one of the things that they've been able to do, obviously, is cycle through coaches and still have success. And yes, it's the Sean McVay offense. So as long as he's there and as long as he's calling the plays, like the, the things at the top are going to stay the same. But when you have somebody who has been in the system, then gone elsewhere, had some success like Cohen did as the uh, offensive coordinator at Kentucky, and now he's going to come back, he can maybe influx things with influx the offense with some new ideas because you can't just get static, right? You can't get stale. You got to make sure that everything that you've been doing can progress because if you don't, then that's how things get figured out. And frankly, that was part of the problem with Jared Goff, I feel like, is that they could not keep evolving the offense to certain levels. So they also brought Greg Olson back. I think he's going to be senior offensive assistant, going to be his title. Um, and he was with the Rams in 2017 as the quarterback's coach. That was the first year under Sean McVay. So they've got new ideas coming back, you know, from a younger guy. And then they have somebody with that experience in Greg Olson, who's been around the league for freaking ever. Honestly, this is going to be his third third stint with the Rams. He was also the OC back, I think, in 2006, 2007. And then I was also there when they came back to LA. So it's a good staff that they've got there and a good system that they've got there. And they can keep progressing coaches out of it because other teams want to hire them. Miles, there's varying opinions on the importance of the combine. I think it's important because it's in Indianapolis and it's such a great town uh, for now. Uh, could change yes. <laughs> next year. Uh, but how close were we to being completely irrelevant at the Combine this year with most of the players potentially boycotting. So this was really interesting because it seemed to me like the players didn't actually want to boycott, but they were threatening to boycott because they knew that if they did that, if just the threat was enough to force changes. Because the, the, the Combine is really, really important for a lot of different reasons. You know, the medical tests and all of that, you know, the the chance to get interviews with the 15 minutes and stuff, that's not necessarily as important. But and also, you know, the on-field testing, not necessarily as important, especially the way they're kind of structuring it now um, with guys all having to do basically everything in one day. But I, I feel like when you have those medicals, like that's one of the things that was really missing kind of from that process uh, last year with the combine and even because you just didn't have all the information um, that you would usually get on that number of prospects. And frankly, for us in the media, it's also a good thing because you get to go to one place and you have all the coaches, you have all these different players and for, you know, different teams as well. It's also a time for guys, uh, for guys in your front offices and agents to get together face to face and start figuring things out for free agency. Like you start to figure out what a market for a player is going to be. You start figuring out, hey, can we keep one of our key free agents? You know, the, all of these things start really happening at the combine and it's because everybody is there in person. So from the standpoint of, yeah, the, the players knew that, you know, these agents knew, and I think smartly that if you try to force some collective action here, you know, with all of these different players, upwards of 150 different players threatening not to participate because of the way that this has become a televised event for NFL Network and it's one of their tentpole events in the year, they had to do something in order to fix it. And given the way that the state, you know, and local restrictions are in Indianapolis anyway, a bubble concept just didn't freaking matter. And when you're talking about the NFL, which basically stopped testing 
all players in the latter half of the postseason, it didn't make any sense either. So I, I applaud, you know, the agents and the players for getting together and, and getting that collective action because it just only made sense. Miles, what do you got coming up with PFT? Uh, this week, we're actually taking a break off of the television, so you will not see us on Peacock, um, but we will certainly be keeping you updated on everything that's going on around the NFL. We've still got pressers coming up this week. Um, we've got Brian Gutekunst. He's going to have his pre-combine presser tomorrow, so we don't know what's, if anything is going to come out about Aaron Rodgers, but we will certainly have all of that covered for you at ProFootballTalk.com. Here, Here we go. In closing, in closing, ProFootballTalk.com is the address. In closing, uh, real quick, what do you make of Brian Flores landing? in a coaching role, not head coach, obviously, uh, with the Steelers. Well, it's probably one of the only teams that was going to hire him. And, you know, I think that he's certainly overqualified for the role that he has. But, you know, when you put him with Tyrell Austin, um, who's going to be their defensive coordinator now, just got promoted, you have a guy that's, you know, focused on the back half in Austin and a guy that's focused on the front half, or the front seven, I should say, in Brian Flores. And I think that that really should improve that defense in the AFC North. Miles, appreciate it, buddy. We'll see you. Take care, guys. There he is, Miles Simmons on Twitter at Miles A. Simmons, part of the team at Pro Football Talk, and he joins us every Tuesday here on Cofield and Company. Oh, no. On the way back, Fat Pack, we got another story of someone trying to big-time a server. Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios. <laughs> We don't mess around when it comes to food. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. You see a pair of laughing eyes, and suddenly you're sighing. All right, rolling past the halfway point of the show, Cofield and Company, live in Reno, live in Vegas. Ari is in our Finley Toyota Studios. Can I go full frugal? With a quick story here? Sure. Why not? I want servers to make money. I want bartenders to make money. I will say that I'm noticing more and more, and Adam probably won't notice this in the uh, the economically uh, not robust Indianapolis, but uh, in a place like Reno that's rocking and rolling, um, prices have gone up. <laughs> And by the way, it's downtown is actually not rocking and rolling. I'll have to talk about this uh, another time. But uh, my lord, I had a place last night with uh, nine dollar drafts, which in Reno, for like a domestic draft, seemed a little exorbitant. But that's just me. Were they were they fancy? Uh, no, not at all. Okay. No, that's why I was a little surprised. I usually I don't ask because I really don't care. But I was like, ooh, okay, all right. Three of those got me for uh for twenty seven bucks. Oh, so, I mean, that's... I just typed you. I just typed you the uh, the name of the beer. I mean, it's like it's like a dressed up okay. you know, domestic. It's a dressed up domestic light. Like, well, let's just... relax a little. Were bit. you in a special establishment that the prices no, were? No, 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 no. It's actually it's a good it's a good local <laughs> joint in Reno, but uh, whatever. Um, but you know what? The, the entire time, I'm, I'm not going to like I wasn't you don't you, you certainly don't complain to the server, or the bartender. They don't set the prices. Right. Um, and I try to be over the top. Nice. I will tell you this morning. I went to a place that was on uh, Triple D uh, Gold and Silver Inn, Right. And they have all these specialties. And my God, they they top off the coffee. I, I like I couldn't stop drinking coffee because the, the guy came over so quickly. And I, 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 every time I was like, OK, all right. 
I had like seven cups of coffee this morning. The freaking service was awesome. It was awesome. Um, I just mentioned someone going big time on a server. What happened here with Tom Cruise? This is an Ari story. No. Is it a your story? It's a, it's my story. I threw. Is Ari, it a your story? It's okay. my story that I threw in saying. So what happened? What Ari big time a, a waitress or a waiter considering his producer status? So Tom Cruise's former manager was doing an interview and she recalled a story when the actor refused to speak to a waitress because he was still in character. Now this goes back to during the shooting of Taps, the movie he was in in 1981. <laughs> So he, oh he signed with her after his 18th birthday. Their professional relationship ended when he moved to Los Angeles from New York because uh, his, the manager was th in New York, and his Top Gun went big. He moved to L.A. But while she was managing Cruise, Tom Cruise, he was shooting the 1981 movie Taps at Valley Forge Military Academy and College in Pennsylvania. He refused to speak to a waitress at lunch, saying he was, quote, Still in character. The waitress asked him, hey, aren't you one of the actors? And uh, Cruz was visibly upset that she didn't recognize him just by saying, hey, aren't you one of them? Uh, Tom said to his party, including his manager, please tell her not to ask me any questions. I'm still in character. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, do you think he's improved since then? Or was that insufferable at 19 and has gotten worse? I'm going to guess he's gotten worse. Yeah, I think that the... Oh, my God. I, I, I have to believe that Tom Cruise is, is a prima donna. He's definitely gotten worse. The ego's gotten bigger. I was trying to find the audio. Remember when he freaked out on the crew for the mask? Which he probably had a right to, but you remember that? He was freaking out. Well, You're wearing a mask! The, jumping the, around like uh, some sort of primate His former on, uh, on a TV show as well. That, too. His former... Eileen Berlin is her name. The, the, the quote of the story, the best quote is, what I have never seen is a real display of happiness in Tommy. Like he was that. always very, very ambitious, very, very determined to be a star, and that made him a perfectionist. That's what drove him when I managed him, and I'm sure that's what drives him now. I love he it. said he had a terrible temper, evidenced by an incident in 2020 when the Sun published leaked audio of Cruz yelling at the crew of Mission Impossible 7 about right. breaking Which is what Ari just referenced. Right, right. So, uh, so to be yeah. really good at to, so to be really good at something, you have to be Tom Cruise like, yeah. just a complete psycho. Uh, I don't think you have to and ignore regular people when when they're simply asking asking you a question at a restaurant at nineteen this, years old. Is this a is this an actor thing or a Tom Cruise thing or just a like a any guy under five feet tall thing? Oh, you think it's short man complex? Yeah, probably. Wow. Are you going to go back to Siciliano and your love affair with McAfee and do that whole bit again? <laughs> Perhaps. I feel attacked. Please don't. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think it, there's... Willie, you're a giant compared to Tom Cruise. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what are we doing here? Now we, now you just turned... You just turned that was the worst... I said, no, Willie no, said he feels attacked. I said I feel, no, I, he was answering me. I said I feel attacked. He could hear me here in the... Yeah, yeah. yeah he said he feels attacked. And I was like, Willie, you're, you're a giant... Tom Cruise is a... He's a tiny man. But I think you're saying Willie's short now. No, Willie no, said he feels attacked. I said attacked. I feel attacked. He was answering mm. what yeah. I had said. I'm saying he's, he's trying no. to throw, he's, he's he's egging it Muttering on. under his breath. He's, he's, yes. He's, half, exactly he's I was, like. I was muttering. He's shorter than Ari. Oof. Oh, that's a shot at Ari now. Well, I'm just saying, how tall, how tall are you, Ari? <laughs> yeah. 
Here we go. How tall are you? According to Steve, not Cofield, how tall you say you are on Tinder. How tall? My are you really? license oh. says five eight. I've maintained well, that I've maintained that I'm five eight on a good day. I'm probably, no. I'm probably not five day? eight on a good day. What does that mean? That means that, that, that means me. that if we are really measuring, I'm probably like five seven and three quarters or something like that. <laughs> I don't make the rules. We round up, and every document I have says five eight. Hold on, you're under Hold five on. seven. Oh, Willie's gonna stand. I will guarantee. Well, while you do that, we're gonna do a giveaway here. Caller seven three six four eleven hundred. 364-1100. Our good buddies at Porta Subs celebrating 50 years as being your neighborhood sandwich shop. Right now, we're going to give away a, a two-foot Porta Sub sandwich. Also qualify you for two tickets to the Academy of Country Music Awards. That's coming up on March 7th at Allegiant Stadium. Two-foot sub, Porta Subs, over 20 locations around Las Vegas. Call our seven right now, 364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Coalfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. All right, let's bring in Sam Pinyatovich from Nesson and Fox Sports. What's up, Sam? Did you see Bad Beats last night, by the way? No, what happened? <laughs> they had a team total. Kansas Jayhawks last week were playing Oklahoma State. The over-under for points for Kansas, 76 and a half. They got 73 with five minutes and 47 seconds to go. They bang a three with 5.15 to go, 76-54. They don't score another <coughs> point. The rest of the game, five minutes and 15 seconds of scoreless basketball, two missed layups, three missed threes, four missed free throws, and then they put the walk-ons in. If you had over 76 and a half, they were on 76 with five minutes to go. Amazing. But you see those all the time. I mean, it, not like that, but you see just brutal beats, and I'm glad that he, he exposes them like that for a lot of people now, but that is a, that's a bad one. Stanford Steve is screaming, one point! <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, so good. I mean, they're the number six team in the country, though. You think that they could get one point. In five minutes, but I digress. Talk about one point. The all-star game total closed 322, landed on 323, just the way you drew it up. I don't know how somebody could bet on that because, <laughs> and I forget that they've changed the rules many times. You know, once they get through, like, the five-minute warning of the fourth quarter in the all-star game, they essentially show you on the screen, here's the landing number. And I believe the landing number was 163. So whenever a team gets to 163, the game is over. Well, what happens if it's a blowout? Then the game's <laughs> going to stay under. But what happened was one of the all-star teams banged a three to land on 160. Because at one point, I think the game was 161 to 160. Then LeBron hits the fadeaway. And the game is over at that number, 163, which just so happens to go over the game total by a point. But... That's a fixed final score. The league is telling you with five minutes to go that the game will end when somebody gets to 163. It doesn't matter what the other team has. The clock went off at the end of that game, and whoever was first to 163, that's the final score. Luckily, the over people got there, but that's a weird way to end a game, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bizarre. And we also saw the All-Star Weekend. I mean – 
these things are so crazy in terms of betting. And, and I, I guess I just want to ask a bigger picture question about I don't think we'll ever see federal regulation in terms of betting markets. It's going to remain state by state. But shouldn't we? Like, I did hear there was places where you could bet the dunk contest, which is ridiculous. We should not be able to bet the dunk contest. I was surprised to see it offered at the Superbook in Nevada. I, I thought if anything wouldn't be dealt, it would be the dunk contest. And out here, we're talking New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, up in the Northeast. They weren't dealing dunk contest, but you could bet three-point contest, skills challenge, and then um, that you could bet NBA, All-Star Game, MVP, but you couldn't bet the dunk contest. But you could bet it in Nevada – which is like the toughest state to regulate right. markets like that. So, yeah, I was a little confused. Not going to lie, I watched about four seconds of All-Star Weekend. I actually taped the game on Sunday and watched just to see the total drama because I wrote down on my notepad 322 over-under to see what the number was going to be. And I watched the last couple minutes, and it goes over by a point. But I didn't watch any of it. I didn't bet any of it. I wished I would have bet Carl Anthony Towns. He was like 13-1. to 1 to win the three-point shootout, which I thought was insanity. The long shots continue to make deep runs in that three-point contest, but I totally agree. The dunk contest is is so rigged sometimes, and the fact that we could bet on it in Nevada didn't really make much sense. Sammy, uh, the Brooklyn Nets, 14-1 to to win the Atlantic Division, yet they're still favored to win the Eastern Conference. Uh, does that make sense to you? I've never seen anything like it. I guess what the numbers are trying to tell you is that if this team gets in, they're dangerous. And if they're healthy, which by all accounts they get in, they will be healthy. Durant will be healthy. Ben Simmons will be back. And I think at that point in time, Kyrie Irving can actually play both home and away games. I'm going to guess that's going to happen with the way these restrictions are being lifted across the country. But, yeah, man, it's weird. They're four and a half games back in the Atlantic and you could bet them right now at multiple books at 14 to 1 to win the, the division. And you're like, wow, like that's a really weird number. And it's not impossible, but when does Durant come back? Three weeks, four weeks. When does Ben Simmons play? Who knows? So I think what the odds makers are telling you with the numbers, Willie, they're sort of they're baiting you to take Brooklyn to win the division. Like, wow, I can get 14 to 1 right. because Philly and Boston and Toronto are going to go balls to the wall the rest of the way, where the Nets, they have no rotational stability. They're trying to re-implement this rotation, and Steve Nash are going to do a bunch of different things. But if they get in the postseason, nobody wants to see them in a best of seven. How are they 14 to 1 to win the division? but plus 250 to win the conference. I don't think I've ever seen that in my life. The math tells you, though, if they get in, even if they have to go to Milwaukee, Milwaukee has game seven at home, Milwaukee's minus 130 series price, minus 140. So even if Brooklyn's a dog in the playoffs in a seven-game series, they're a very small dog. Sam Paniotovich with uh, Cofield & Company. Sam, are you starting to see some books not really get down with what we like to call the lottery ticket? You know, just betting a perennial losing franchise or a team that seems to have no shot to get to the uh, the finals of whatever sport or even win a division. Wasn't there something the other day where someone tweeted at you uh, that only a 17-cent bet was being accepted on an Orioles future? Yeah, this guy's a great follow, and clearly he's a sharp cat. He makes money, and he beats the line, so they've they've cut him at the knees on these wagers. This is a DraftKings bet. 
He tried to bet $100 on the Baltimore Orioles to win the AL East at 150 to 1. So right. 100 times 150, you do the math. That's a nice poke if, if it wins, which it probably won't. But that's not the point. He wanted to make the bet for $100. He was going to burn that 100 and give it to DraftKings. And the wheel of death spun and spun <laughs> and spun. Stupid. And then all of a sudden they go, we're not going to give you 100. We're going to give you 17 cents. And the payout on that bet, $0.17 cents at 150 to 1, is $25.67. That's pathetic. Why even take the bet? Why, why just say no bet? We're not going to let you bet. I think that, that POs people even more. They'd rather just be like completely wiped off the bet, but to offer them $0.17 cents is a slap in the face. So that said, Sammy, the Bengals... They went from four wins to the Super Bowl. Lovey Smith says, "Why can't the Texans? Are they uh, are are the books going to be scared to book that action on the Texans?" I don't think so, Willie. It's a fair question, but this this market is a lot different than winning a division. You know, last year we saw the Red Sox. I work out here in Boston. The Red Sox were twenty five to one to win the AL East, and they didn't win it, but they were in first for a long period of time. It's easier to leap three or four teams than it is to leap 25 or 30 teams, if you know what I'm saying. And I think we look at that Texan number. I just pulled up oddsboom.com. You can find 300 to 1, 400 to 1 on the Houston Texans to win the Super Bowl. I mean, (laughs) it's one of the worst rosters in football, and it sounds like they're trying to get rid of Deshaun Watson. So I wouldn't make that bet, but uh, to your point about taking bets, I don't think anybody's going to take, you know, couple thousand dollars on that because the liability just gets way too high sam penny out of it with us let's close on this one sam and you can find uh sam up on twitter at sp shoot his uh, good work is uh, with fox sports and and nesson all right the westgate has to make the final four you can bet different teams i think they've got 64 different options did anything jump out at you uh betting to make the final four yeah, well, two things jumped out. Illinois down to three to one is very interesting because I think you and I talked about them a month ago and they were six to one. So there's been some money on Illinois and Illinois has been playing really well the last month or so. That was the first thing that jumped out. So I'm happy about that. But as for a team that I would bet, given the price, I, I love that the top two, four, six, eight, ten teams are all under five to one. And then there's a big drop off down to double digits. The Texas Longhorns with Chris Beard, one of the best tournament coaches we've seen in the last five, 10 years. You can get the Longhorns with that talent and that coach at 12 to 1 to make the final four. Man, I have made way worse bets in my life. That's that's a very good team. And what I think we'll learn eventually is a better conference than people think. I mean, Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas. Um, that, that, those are all very good basketball teams. I think the horns at 12 to 1 are very, very interesting. Sam, we appreciate it. Are you busy this week, or is there a little bit of a lull with football gone? We actually had a meeting this morning. Like, what are we talking about this week? I'm like, the hell if I know. There's nothing. There's nothing going on. We're trying. We're scratching. Uh, we're scratching claws right now because it's like, hey, do we want to write about Tiger and Phil? I'm like, you know what? I might take Friday off. There ain't nothing going on. Well, I would say talk baseball futures, but what's the point? You may waste your breath and then not see baseball on the field for two more months. I have to go. Somehow I have to get to Michigan. Last year I went Braves. This year I'm going White Sox. But I have to go to Michigan 
because WinBets got 15 to 1 on the White Sox, the best number in the go. entire world. There are a lot of 11 to 1s in Vegas. 15 to 1 on the White Sox. I'm going to have to send somebody to Michigan. Nice. All right, Sammy, we'll see you. Peace and love. Shopping the number, shopping the number. Got to have uh, people in different states to get some to get down to some bets for you. All right, we will lift the baseball ban on the way back. Some really hardcore MLB talk. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas.